episode 29 of Board Games with Variant Hex is all about our Game of the Month for January 2021. I'm Kelly, and in this episode, Aaron and I highlight a game we played last month. We intend to mix in one of these episodes each month, especially as we continue to play through our collection this year. Without further ado, I'll turn it over to myself and Aaron talking about our Game of the Month. My, my my favorite game of the month. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go with Nefarious because we played the expansion. Oh, we did. It's a game that I've always liked, and I think I've always liked Nefarious. In spite of the fact, it's a pretty simple game. But then there's like these twist cards that alter the gameplay mm-hmm. um, that you play with, and you only, there's like thirty of them or something like that. There's and then a you lot. You only play with two of them every time. Yeah. So sometimes the twists kind of alter the optimal strategy. Sometimes they don't. But I thought the expansion did a really nice job of kind of adding more complexity to the game than existed before. Um, okay. I think it's a really simple game to teach. It's a no. really simple game to play. I like that everyone's turn is at the same time. I like that mechanic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you never feel like you're out of it. And I, we played it. I had a lot of fun, and we only played some of the expansions. So I don't even know yeah. what else is in store. So seeing a game that is not super big and not super heavy, but that I've always liked, get a little bit better. Uh, yeah, my January game of the month. I have a couple questions for you about your game of the month. All right. The first one is, what's that? What's that called where everyone picks the card, and then you all flip it over at once? Like you pick your action. I mean, is, is there a name for that mechanic? I think so. But mm. that's what Nefarious does. You guys does. will hear that when she does the postlude because we don't know it right now. Yeah, maybe I could add in the outro or the show notes. if they, I think there's a name for that. Simultaneous action selection. Simultaneous action selection. I'm pretty confident that's it. Okay. I mean, that's what it is. That is what it, yes, that's what it the, is. It, it descri- that describes what it does, whether yeah. that's the name for the mechanic or not. Right, whether that's the category on Board Game Geek. So with this expansion, you got more in the base game. There's four actions. Right. And those are also like shown on the board. With this expansion, they put in three more actions, but you don't use them all at, not, at once. Right. Like, it depends on what twists or what actions make the game. Right. Okay. Right. So yeah, there's certain twists that give you these extra actions. And I think we played with one of them. We played with, yeah, you kind of customize it so we would get some of the expansion. Yeah. I think you're technically supposed to just do it sort of randomly, like pick right. the twist cards and if the twist card would have that extra action or some other, um, there was another little extra turn round counting board or, or turn counting board right that we also intentionally use so that we could see right. how that works yeah it was like it was a forced draw if like someone didn't win in a certain amount of time yeah there that was, was pretty fun there was one it was not gonna happen we uh, we're gonna win no, faster than no i feel like you have to be bad at the game for that to happen well i think bad at the game or if there's more people there might be more like interactivity and kind of taking things away that oh they... there's some gotcha things that keep money low in the game or something yeah and if you had a different twist i think that could also change yeah it. there are some twists that limit the economy so that I, I didn't think about that actually right um so that was my first question what that was called and way to they... answer your first question well i wanted to talk more about it i guess so mission accomplished and i'm trying to remember what the second thing i was going to ask you was about I didn't dislike it. You've always liked Nefarious more than more than I have. My my real pet peeve about the expansion was that the cards that came in it 
weren't cut exactly the same. Oh, that is really infuriating. As actually. the cards from the box. So when you try to shuffle the inventions, I think they are. Yeah, you can tell if you have an expansion one. Yeah, like... And it's not like something... You don't have to be into cardistry to notice the difference. No, like it, it's... It's you pretty know. prominent. And there was there was an earlier edition of this game. We have the newer edition. The expansion does match the newer edition. I don't even know how long the print run was for the very first one. It's not as adorable um i would say nefarious the the second edition of it it's very cartoony and cute kind of mad scientist stuff and the other one reminded you a little more of like terraforming or is it the not terraforming mars it's a wonderful world where they kind of have this art that's a bit nuclear a bit right like it's it's both kind of cheery and and also super weird i think the first art was a little more a little more like that well and i think Maybe not specifically about the expansion, but about Nefarious in general and then Enhanced in the expansion. is It's a very simple game, and I think, uh, and people might differ in their opinion who have played Nefarious, I think the base game, there's just the optimal strategy of espionaging and paying all of your early coins to just have all of your workers on the invent thing. And then when people oh. inevitably need to start inventing, you rubber band yourself out into the lead because you get so much coins at one time. And I think that is unbeatable without the twists. But then what the twists do is they get you to kind of engage with the other mechanics in the game and they level set and they make other strategies poten like potential winners. And then like the more twists you play or the, the combinations of twists, I think teach are good at teaching you how to adjust your strategy for game mechanics. So I think it's, it's a, just a really kind of fun thing. So I'll look at the cards and look, okay, well, I'm going to, play this way this game and then the cards you draw can affect that too because you can mm -hmm. have certain synergies or certain like you know engine potential with the cards that you draw but i think there's just every time i play it it's different enough and i think it's a simple exercise in kind, kind of trying to break a game i think it's a very breakable game but because it's ever changing like you can't it's not like you know machi koro where every time you play we're gonna break it in the same way Mm -hmm. There's definitely twist combinations that are breakable. And you might even be easy to break, but it varies yeah. so much from gameplay to gameplay. Because the twists aren't subtle for for the most part. You could get a combination of them that really aren't pushing you one way or another too much. And I guess that also is a matter of how much you prefer to play randomly or if you want to like draw randomly and kind of have a veto power with it because there are so many. Right. But yeah, what you were saying about after you play your card there's this opportunity for espionage. That's one of the cards. Yeah, it's one of the actions that you can simultaneously choose. select. Oh, and, I'm sorry, select. Yeah, and you can put, like you have up to five little meeples, and you can put them kind of in one of the other labs. It can be the espionage area. It can be, you know, research or work or what have you. And the idea is then that, when other people play that card, you get some kind of... Your neighbors. Of, in a two-player game, yeah. always you, but your yeah, neighbors. Yeah. When your neighbors do that, you get kind of you get some kind of incentive. So it's like your... That espionage is like you're spying on them while they are working or spying on them while they're researching, so you get a little bit of money. So when you say, like, oh, yeah, pile all your people, you, that's up to five. And then when one of your neighbors takes that action, they pay out... Is it you get two? Two. You get two coins for every one of your meeples present in the action that your neighbor takes. Right. And, and like you don't you get have it for yourself. You have to invent to win. So yeah. if if everyone's if people are inventing early and then you're just stocking up the espionages, they're gonna take a lead. They're gonna have more points than you. Yeah. But 
you're going to every time they invent, you're going to get a boon of of dollars, and you shall win. Well, yes, it, it is true that the inventing is reliable, but having having a little bit of people everywhere means you can always have something trickling well, and, in, and, it, and your costs, cards on the cost on the cards can be very high, very low. One of the twists we played gave a uh, it gave a card draw for research, which made it very good to put your people on research because it, it increased the value of the research action oh, okay. to make it more common. Like in a normal game of, of nefarious, oh, okay. yeah. people aren't going to research that often and you don't actually have to even pay to put your spy on research. You just put it there for free because it's not a very popular yes. action. Yeah, we were but saying- because research was incentivized in this game, like I started off by putting spies on research mm-hmm. and then I had a card that let me move them for free. So then I moved them to- And that goes to, a very long way because then it wasn't as big of a commitment. Usually you put them on there and they're kind of stuck. There are some cards that pulled them back off, Yeah, but they're kind of stuck where they are. Um, and you also mentioned the cost- the espionage to put a meeple out there is in the actual espionage zone is free zero and one of the other zero. Ones is zero work is one and 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 invent is in, cost two to put it there invent cost two yeah. yeah 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 so there is you know you're gonna get that cost back but a little bit they have you know two is still not very much when someone just has to do it one time and you'll get the your yeah, and your I think cost back, but there is a little bit of an upfront cost to get the people in some of those areas. Well, and I feel like I, I did come up with a creative way to play that set of rules, but I think you still beat me. I think you won by like a, you oh. won at the like it was close, but I think you we both broke twenty on the same turn, but you scored more than I did. Yeah, give me a second. I do have the BG Stats app up, which before we started, we read through all of the games that we had played. Okay, so we played on January 15th. Oh, middle of the month. And we did play the Becoming a Monster expansion is the name of it. And my note, I'm trying to not just log games this year, but also leave some kind of note on the gameplay. Um, At the end of last year, we started started to go back and look at things here or there. Even when we were doing our year in review, I'd be like, well, I don't know what happened in this game because I didn't make any kind of comment. So for this one, I said... I barely won. Aaron was optimizing, and I have a little robot uh, yeah, I mean, emoji. I, I thought, I mean, you, you played so, very well. You, you, you oh, it was 21 me. to 22. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, we both we both broke yeah. the 20 margin on the same, and I, I just couldn't on get there. On the same turn, because 20 is yep. where you win. You have to have 20 yeah. points, because your, your inventions that you play have a cost, and then they have a number of points on them. Sometimes right. zero, but they usually have an ability that happens in-game as well. Usually one time, yeah. ability that happens in-game as well. Okay. Yeah, and it looks like we only have a couple plays logged in here. That was our best. Both of us, that was our best score. Yeah. There we, you go. We played a lot, probably not logged in there, though. Cause... Yeah, I've only logged um, for the last year, and I would say I wish I had logged while we played during the pandemic, because there are some games I've already forgotten we even played. And then, no, I didn't log back when we were having game days at our house, like, basically every week Right. with our group. We played a lot of games back then. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I had like a little over 20 games to choose from for my game of the month. You, you had did. around 50. So uh, this, this uh, your game of the month is, uh, had more work to do. It did. It did. I had 55 total games played. I think you had 24 maybe. As we stand right now, I'm kind of doubled you, but I have that goal of playing something every single day. Right. So, and that'll be, sometimes I'll just throw a BGA game on there, something small. So those games, t- to some extent, just throwing whatever on there means it's unlikely that any of those will ever be game of the month. I'm just kind of 
trying to be very regular with my gameplay. The one that I'm going to pick for game of the month, a lot of great contenders, and I think I'll have some honorable mentions. I'm going to pick Puerto Rico. Kelly's very good at Puerto Rico. Well, but I lost Jason. Jason played a very good game of Puerto Rico. Yeah. I'm a very supportive host in this moment. Yeah. (laughs) I'm good at Puerto Rico, but I think my biggest skill there is that I enjoy being a tactical game player. I don't like um, planning turn over turn. Puerto Rico, you kind of have to just be aiming for the best thing in the moment. Usually you can kind of have an idea about what you want to do. But turn to turn, it's hard to guarantee that you'll be able to take a certain action the way you want. But I think also as I play it more, I'm now starting to get a sense for the long game, like have a little more direction about where I'm headed and see that, yeah, move to move. I don't know how I'm going to get there, but in the long view, I need to have these certain things done, maybe these certain buildings built, this number of crops. So Jason will insist that he's not very good at honestly games and he's 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 very good at games he's a liar and it's you know a little endearing but also it's getting to the point because I know that he's won against you in Catan actually he beat us both in Catan the same day all right right. I think that he won Puerto Rico and we were trying to get through specifically our three-player games he was you know he likes games but also nice enough to help us get through those for uh playing through everything in our collection this year I think that he'll be unassuming about it but he's just you know He's just very good at games. So in that game, I was just moving straight through. Everything was working well on my version of the island because everyone, I guess everyone has like a corner or an area of an island. But like if you're thinking about the overall game thing, but you get an identical player board that you are. So it's almost like you're working in a parallel universe of Puerto Rico and yet interacting on these like ships and things like that. I hope it's not parallel because i didn't have any food oh you're gonna you're gonna need other well i mean you know you have a whole parallel world i did have a lot of money anywho i was kind of barreling ahead and making really good progress and kind of like making very steady progress it's a game where you can kind of explode points at the end i'm rarely the best at that i think even in other euros where that's possible i'm usually like let me just score some points right now just to put some in the bank. I'm less about building this bigger strategy for a landslide. So I, it was clear that I was already making those notches. The way you do shipping in the game is a bit of a puzzle, that an interactive puzzle with everyone else, because you can only put one type of good on a ship. And once that good is on that ship, you can't start another ship with that good. So if I have three corn and I put it on a ship with four spaces and let's say Jason has five corn, he has to put one corn on that ship. If he, you know, because when he comes around a ship, you got to ship your stuff. He puts one corn on that ship. He just loses all the other corn because he can't start a new corn ship on that same round. Right. You have to wait until those leave because just like nobody wants your corn. So that happened, except in reverse, I got, there was a situation with the ships and how the crops were going on them and the planning and timing of it, where Jason single-handedly caused a shipping disaster on my island of Puerto Rico and just all kinds of crates thrown into the sea, cast aside. Aaron just talking about how he didn't have food. Well, Jason was out there absolutely wasting it. So that disturbance was like it threw me 
you know, because you are getting these resources and kind of planning to use them. So to then have those wasted resources, it was kind of like a, a gap that fell through. It, it actually, I think, I, I usually don't win Puerto Rico, but I was playing what I thought was my best game of Puerto Rico because I was mm. taking a different strategy and a different tactic. And I think Jason wins the game in, in that turn because... Uh, my strategy was a long strategy, and basically, as soon as that happened, you just tried to end the game as fast as possible, now and that, I didn't have enough time to get into my engine. That is not true. I don't think I tried to end the game. How do you end the game of Puerto you Rico? You took all the... You, you, you keep employing workers, because when you run out of little oh, workers... Oh, that took a while. Yeah, so there's a, there's a pool of... I think they call them colonists. I think in other editions, they may have called them slaves. I don't know. There's a pool of tokens where one of the actions that you take like disperses them out you can there's nothing you can just keep picking the same action every time it comes to your turn as long as it's there right and if you're picking that one when that pool of people runs out it's one of the ways or the only way the game ends no it's one of the ways the one game of the ends. ways so yes as time went on i realized i needed to do that but right away before that there was i needed to buy some buildings yeah. Because those also have points on them. And then there are these larger buildings that have victory conditions and those they have victory points. Yeah. It's like a guild in Seven Wonders, but it's not yeah. a guild in Seven Wonders. It's a building in Puerto Rico. Yeah. But it's like that where there's some in-game scoring condition right. and the in-game state will dictate how many points you get. I think that is actually where I lost the game. I think that when I lost the shipping stuff, I lost the lead and I was just like back back right. in the ranks. There was a building that I expected Jason to pick and he didn't pick. And I couldn't figure out if I should have bought that building. Because then he or, later bought it. He later bought it. Yeah. And I think that I should have bought that building and then prioritized, either, either prioritized buying a building or immediately prioritized emptying out the colonists. I think that I just had a turn or two after that happened and with not buying the right building that allowed it to be long enough to uh to not to lose the lead on that one yeah and i think the i don't know if i would have like won anyway but like the 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 quickening of the game made it like impossible for me to win i think jason played a really good game though so it might not have mattered I mean, maybe tellingly, it's good that we're talking about it on the podcast here now. I put no comments. Like, I put no comment. Oh, yeah. What were the scores? The score was Aaron 30, Kelly 33, and Jason 40. Uh, Jason's, well, in here, three-player best, but we don't have very many plays for this in here. You had personal best. I've apparently played this at some other time, probably on... There's an app that's not licensed. I think it's called Isla Rica, and it's not Puerto Rico. But it's Puerto Rico. Except it's definitely Puerto Rico. It's not very aesthetic. It gets the job done. And I that may be the other play that's logged in here where I have 49. We played a lot of it back. I mean, it was one of the games we had before we We've got had that game super for into it. So long time. Um, I remember I learned that game. I can actually, I think, pinpoint. Oh, it was when we were moving into that apartment. So it would have been like 2013, maybe. Because I remember learning it at the, at the table at that apartment. And I learned it through because that was like one at that point. One of the biggest rule books I had ever read right. on my own. And I don't even know 
what prompted us to buy the game or if someone bought the game for us. Like, I don't really know what the catalyst was there. I think Adam might have bought the game for us. I don't know. I think that might have been before we were playing games with Adam. So that's why I'm not sure why. Who knows? But yeah, I remember taking out the pieces and being overwhelmed with just all these little bits, like punching it out, all these little bits of cardboard. And I had to set it up for three people and play through, like looking at the rule book and play through it to just grok how all of these different things were going to work together. So that also might be why I was better at that game earlier than the rest of the group. Because you spent that much time with it. I really dug I, I really dug into the rule book because just reading it, it was sort of like, I don't... And that's where, for me, there's the rules. Like, how to play is... The rule book is one thing, and then how to play is another thing. Like, I'll get that these are the rules, but how that translates into gameplay and mechanics and interactivity and you know, creating engines and things like that to get you points to win, that's usually a separate thing for me. So yeah, bridging that gap. A lot of times when I read a rule book, I'm playing out the game as I read the rule book to understand that other part. Some rule books actually just write it in there. Like this is why this is important, but not all of them do. Yeah. I tried to do a strategy where I only had one crop type and I think I want to do it again. I don't know if it would, I don't know if you can make it work, but I want to try. It's that and buildings You're, buildings yeah so buildings like oh, I got one of the ways that the game ends i think is by filling out your if you f- oh yeah one you can fill out maybe the, if you fill out your island yeah I, you know what the rule book's online for you to get the yeah, hard details on this going heavy buildings and like getting the quarries so that the, everything is cheaper yes and so. the quarries are something that i think i didn't always i feel like you paid a lot more attention to that than i did throughout the time we've played this and i i went in a lot harder on the quarries this time which was a surprise to me you guys yeah like neither one of you ever pay attention to quarries and then i had three quarries and didn't get the fourth one because you guys took them all and i was like i don't understand like i, I that was gonna be a lot I, I chose the strategy for you guys i feel like it was one of the buildings that i ended up buying early had some kind of interactivity with a quarry maybe i felt like i needed the discount which because i wasn't I wasn't actually generating a ton of money, I don't think. No, you were generating a lot of crops and then getting you were trading them in for points and not selling them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because there's a place where you can go to the trading house and get yeah. money for crops, and then there's you can actually ship them and just get points. Yeah. So yeah, I was the shipment that we talked about that Jason burned on the docks. That was going to get me a fair amount oh, of points. Oh, that might have been the seven points you lost by. Uh, let's let's move on. All right. So, as far as just some other games I wanted to mention from this month, my, and we won't do this, yours, almost all of them, you played just once. I think the one you played the most would have been a little wordy, because we played that one together four times. Right. Just trying to see if we could like it. I I never really got there. (laughs) Uh, But my most played game was Death Valley. For a little bit, I thought... Maybe I'm just going to play this game every single day this year. Because I wanted to play a game every day. I like Death Valley so much. There's a solo mode that's very easy to execute. And it's got just enough thinking in it, in my opinion, to get you engaged, but not get you like overworked. So it gets you into like a gentle flow just as you as you play. And I still find it challenging to play as well maybe i'm missing some kind of strategy i honestly don't even want to hear it i'm having a great time so i got that game because i accidentally sold button shy games which they come in a little wallet like literally kind of like a little plasticky 
very kids wallet, like type that you can only put credit cards in. There's right. not even like a money slot. So it's just a little folded over plastic with clear plastic inside and it holds the cards, the deck for the game split into two sides. They use that same format to make a ton of games. If I heard someone was getting into board games, like especially now that I've played a few more of their games, I think if I heard someone was getting into board games or was kind of interested in it, but just wasn't looking for the lifestyle that I created with all these boxes and shelving, I feel like button shy games give you such a good experience in such a small package, like the size to fun ratio and the price to uh, replay ratio is huge on those games. I don't think nice. anything else I'm getting that much out of. I've really been enjoying discovering more button shy games. When I re I rebought Death Valley and Sprawlopolis, I got some expansions with those as well. And then I also got Seasons of Rice and Circle the Wagons. So I was gonna do a thing where I guessed what I th I would just oh. share with the audience what I thought your like what I thought your pick would have been since we didn't tell each other what our picks would be. Oh, okay. and I would have picked the Death Valley game. Yeah. So that's that kind of spoils that bit. You <laughs> you have the list of games I played. Yes. And were I think a bit surprised that I picked Nefarious. So I wonder what you would you would have guessed would have been my pick of the month. Well, let me just take a look here. Now, having you weren't really satisfied with the game of Catan we played, so I probably wouldn't have said Catan, even though I don't even really like favorite isn't I don't the right really like word playing it anymore. I know favorite isn't the right word anymore, and we only ruined it because you're amazing at it, and we had to figure out how to beat you. It's so just collusion every time. It was not this time. With that robber was on me when I had fewer points. It wasn't collusion to put the robber on you. That's not collusion. I just always get the robber. And Jason, Jason went Sheep King. So shout out to the Sheep King strategy. The way that the board was laid out to start, all of the it was sheep not producing it was not a fields, good board. It was awful. It was basically segmented by type. And in Catan you would rather have a very diverse landscape because it makes it easier for any one person, any one settlement really to get a diversity of resources. When you get a whole lot of one thing that either means you're going to have a heavy trading game or and they don't trade with me. Okay. Did and they you trade want... lucratively with each other. Now where I'll say was a little, I will say this starting out in the game, I still needed, I still needed what I needed. I gave a Jason and I both gave one another a good trade. I think we both did well with that trade. Mm -hmm. Not going to argue with that. You will agree that I went first in placement and on a bad board going first in placement. Oh, it's rough. Is quite detrimental. You went last. So yeah. that on a bad board, you can most perfectly, most uh, perfectly I I had align the, I had where best, you want to be. I had the best strategy. I just didn't score the most points. Yeah. So like I had I was the only person who had wooden brick. There was a like no one had any like neither one of you had what what it took to make a development card no. or cities. I it had was, it was going to be a long slow game where I got the longest road and it just oh, Jason got the road building cards. He, he was, didn't have any wood or brick. Got road building cards and then you gave him two brick early now what and I it just say, crushed me. You or I and I'm going to say I'm only going to say you because you placed after him and then before him again. Yeah maybe should have been in his space a little more. But I know you were trying to pick your best pace, best placement and best I setup. just felt like it was a, a really simple, not, straightforward, longest good, road victory. He and had he got, so many roads. He got road building and got brick from you when... I Yeah. Like, at and, crucial but, times. You know, no and one I, had a lot of wood. 
No one like no that, one had a lot. That's because the robber all. was on the nine with my wood. That's not. It was an eight. First of all, ah, that's fine. And that's not the whole reason. The we reason to, like, was it was on so what the, the other perimeter of the picked? board. I mean, you know what? Kudos to Jason for winning Sheep King strategy. I know Adam likes that too. What other game do I think you would have picked? You like herbalism. Oh. And that's kind of a, a random one. You enjoy talking about Princess Bride. I hate to kill you. I wouldn't have thought that you would pick that, though. I almost picked it because I love the Princess Bride, oh, but it's not really? that great of a game. I don't think you would have picked Cross Clues, but I think you did enjoy that. It has kind of a yeah. codenames-y feel to it without being codenames. You haven't touched my honorable mention yet. Really? Oh, gosh. Well, I think before we talked I... about it on another podcast. Well, that is narrowing it down a bit. Royal Visit? I think Corrosion was, was, was oh, pretty Corrosion. Yeah. Corrosion would be my honorable mention. You did say mention. you wanted to play it again. Yeah. So we'll kind of go with, I, I think that your, so your actual pick was Nefarious, Game of the Month. Game of the Month. Nefarious. Your um, tirade of the month was Catan. Uh, yeah, I'm so Injustice of the Month, maybe? You know, I just, I, it's not even fun for me anymore. Yeah. Okay. We'll keep going. So your kind of want to play more then is Corrosion. I think the one that I'm, my injustice will say the one that I the game that I'm still upset about was probably be a little wordy and I'm not actually upset Aaron just played a lot of words with friends he's already very good at oh a yeah word you get upset during a little wordy I just because I imagined that I was gonna have as much fun as the two cute little birds on the front I just liked looking at it and then I played it and I was like I'll never look at this game again because this is just... You can just play with somebody else. I know that I, I'm i very much a whole word reader. I will put together a word and I will read it in my head and I will not pronounce it the way that the word actually is. And then I'll just be like, well, that's not a word. So the we played four times because Aaron really wanted me to, I think, not hate this game and not hate the experience. The fourth time I did win and that win came because i picked a longer word by default in a little wordy if you pick a longer word there's probably less words for that person to choose from because the whole idea is that they can see all the letters you could pick from and they're trying to guess what word you made from the letters that are out there i made a long word and then aaron proceeded to find so many other long words that i had no idea were in there so if i had known the whole time oh there's a lot of long words this will be really tricky because it'll there'll be so many words you can make that would have been a strategic move yeah. but what i did was more desperation of like okay well i see a couple and here we are again the fourth time playing this game in a row it's not a long game yeah i think in general picking long words is a bad idea yeah that's what you had just told me yeah. and that was part of me saying like that's why i don't like this you're already telling me there's only one way to play it anyways anyways I picked a really long word. Well, but there's only one way to play it, but there's misdirection in there as well. So, and, and you know how I feel there's about asymmetric powers. So, like, there's different powers that you have in trying to un understand what the word is. And if the if there's not word length powers, well, it's not in it's the not game. It's kind of a you're choosing. A but there's different questions you're allowed to ask. Yes, right? yes, and, and you get to choose not, it. Yeah. If there's not questions that allow you to get it word length quickly, then throwing in a long word can be very good idea. 
But if there's questions that allow you to pretty easily get at the word length, it's a bad idea because there's just fewer words that are that long. Like, unless you see a word in there that is like an obscure word that you don't think the other person's going to know. Or has a weird spelling or like, you know, some diphthongs yeah. or something like yeah. that. But otherwise, you know, short words are better because there's just more options and people kept guessing. Well, and that's where I thought that it could, I thought there would be more in the, he won't think of this word, but then it's like, he'll think of every word. He's done every jumble since the beginning of time. I, I think it's a very cute game. I think it's a very likable game and you just have to be realistic about how you're going to, how, you know, as a person, as an individual, how you're going to play games and who you're going to play them with. And that's why... I think I'm going to give, I think I might give it to, I'm going to, I think I'm going to give it away to someone. Sad. Well, someone you know, so they can, you know, you can visit them and play it. So the game that I, so that was my one that I'm sort of upset about. Uh, My game of the month was Puerto Rico, which honestly I'm a little upset about that, but it was an interesting game. Jason played it, did a great job. And I do like Puerto Rico, especially like once I get into the game and it's not hard to remember the rules necessarily because it feeds into itself. So the one that I would like to play more, gosh, it's not Toshambo. Sorry, Adam. It was fine, but it's, it's not making the, I'd like to play it more. I had a good time with Cable Car. I don't know that I really want to play it more. You know, I think the one that I would pick would be Dice Miner. I don't think you know about this game. Nope. I've played it on Tabletopia and it's not a deep game at all. There's this mountain that's when you have the actual physical copy tilted at an angle, you roll dice onto it and the bottom has little dice kind of, it's set askew so that when you put the dice on it, they form a mountain naturally, you know, gravity and such. You are picking, they're different color dice and they have different faces on them and you're, you have to pick them off in a certain order and you can, like if you have to, you're trying to get a straight, if it's a white dice, you want it to go one, two, three, four, five. Right. But, if you you have to start with one. So if there's a two out there, you can't just pick up the two. Right. There's treasure chests, there's gold, there's some monsters to defeat, things like that, where you have to have the right dice already in your inventory to like take on some hazard, whether it be a monster or like a rock fall. And if you have a chest, you can store gold in your chest and it ends up being worth more. And I've played just solo. You pull the dice off in, you know, following these rules. And then when you decide you're ready in solo game, you roll more dice onto it. Because you'll get to a point where you're like, I'm stuck. I can't take anything else. Right. And you roll more dice onto it. And then you do that a third time. And then you score it. And there's special dice that allow you to just remove one and not get the benefit of it. Right. I would like to play it more. I think, though, I'd like a physical copy. I maybe played it on Tabletop Simulator. It's just fine. I think the physical game would be much more satisfying. All those dice to play it. There was a special edition of the game that came with like a plastic mountain. I don't even think I need to try to track down that edition. I think I'd be just fine with the cardboard version of the mountain. There is two-player and multiplayer uh, mode for it, but I haven't actually tried that myself. It seems like the very light kind of game, and I think one where there's games that we keep in our collection that we say, oh, if someone comes over that wants to play a game that doesn't want to get into Puerto Rico right, or a very contentious game of Catan, this is something we could take out and play with them. And I think that's a great idea, but I want more of those games to also be the sort of things that I enjoy playing either by myself or the two of us. And I think Dice Miner could be a good one where at the end of the day, it's pretty quick and light. It's not to take that. So I think it would be a good game at two player and bigger player counts and something that looks nice. It's fun to interact with. 
and is pretty casual. So nice. I think I'll give it to I'll give it to Dice Miner. Really, it's it's clearly the button shy games and Death Valley. I wanted to play it more, and and I did. I I think the eight times that I played was probably like an eight day streak. Huh. That's yeah. kind of crazy. That is all for our January 2022. It's going to be a shorter month next time. We'll have to. Valentine's we'll have Day, to month more. of love. Maybe we'll really. But what if we both pick the same game? We might. Next month. That would be lovely. Oh, gosh. We probably won't. Thank you so much for listening to episode 29. Be sure to subscribe to know when new episodes drop. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch at Variant Hex. We have a website and a blog at VariantHex.com, and you can email us at podcast at VariantHex.com. What games did you play this month? Any new favorites? Let us know on any of the platforms I've just mentioned. It's been a long time since I've said anything about us streaming on Twitch. We still haven't, but... I think I'm going to pull together a slideshow of some of the previous countdown to Gen Cons that we used to do on Instagram and stream that just as a test. So if you keep an eye there, there may be a video on demand you can watch or if you happen to catch us live where you can see some of the photographs that we took for previous countdowns. It'll be kind of like a work and lurk stream just to make sure that we have tech. It is working. We'll probably play Lo-Fi Girl in the background very chill so keep an eye out for that that might already exist when you're listening to this if you listen to this far into the podcast good for you thank you so much the next episode will be me aaron and adam talking about splendor and that'll be our first victory pointers episode where we'll talk about strategies tips and tricks for playing a game Unless you're listening to these in reverse, in which case you'll hear me and Aaron talking about King Domino Duel and Seven Wonders Duel in another two-player games episode. And that's all for now. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today. <laughs> <laughs>